ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode, our third episode, actually, of the uh, Prague School podcast with me, Gerald Dalebout, and uh, Morgan Wick. How you doing, Morgan? <laughs> oh, not too bad. What is today? April I don't know. Third? Yeah, April third. It's April third for us, but it's it's probably a few months after that. Like for October tenth for you. <laughs> October two thousand twenty three if you <laughs> Yeah. How how is the apocalypse working out for you? Is COVID listeners? gone yet in your world? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we Seriously. should just do that, make podcasts and release them five years later, and everything yeah, we say and, means nothing. Cause <laughs> yeah, it's like a time capsule. We are doing uh, songs, you know, like albums that That's are true. over fifty, like fifty years old. So you know, whatever. Forty-five uh, years old for this one, right? Or is it forty-six? This one, yeah, yeah. We're ta- I didn't even say today we're going to be talking about "Wish You Were Here," yes. uh, Pink Floyd's. Uh, 20 platinum album released in 1975 so 46 years yeah yes good math nice math i'm just thinking yeah i can do math in my head i'm so good yeah what uh before we talk about this album i was gonna see what what uh music have you been listening to lately morgan Mm. there's always something uh a band that i'm digging into the last couple weeks that i haven't really checked out before is a band called frost Frost with a asterisk after it. They kind of do. It's more prog rockish. Um, I would highly recommend checking checking them out. Their first album, Million Million Town, is that the name of it? I'm probably. Um, anyway. Add to my Spotify right now. Yeah, right there. It's super out. good. It's like uh, kind of like gives me some of the transatlantic vibe. Maybe a little heavier. Um, okay. Some long songs. It's technically a super group, although I'm not super familiar with any of the members other projects but it's a super group of of subpar musicians <laughs> no 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 they're great <laughs> it's a super group of people from not so famous bands so i guess technically is that a super it's group a, do, you, do you have to be like from a, like a big band they're like the teen titans of super groups you know they're not quite justice league but they're still a super group kind of thing mm-hmm. me i have i found this band on spotify called mother's cake and i think i, I yeah you did you. i don't think it's your cup of tea i listened to it a little bit i didn't dig into it too much I, I liked what i heard right i yeah it's it's like a prog alt rock it's it's kind of like um it's like if red hot chili peppers and incubus had like a lot of of prog elements to it yeah um and and i so because of that i enjoy it because i like those bands as well as prog um and then i've also been listening to a band called 68 Okay. And 68 is not prog. It's very much like um, punk, I'd say, okay. influenced by punk. Kind of sounds like rage and punk. It's very intense. It's more about the message and the delivery than like the expert musicianship. Mm-hmm. But uh, I like it. Oh, it says I have to upgrade. Wait, what? All right. Well, anyway, what, what we, we had some about? Zoom issues. Zoom is Zoom is trying to monetize us, uh, make some money. But we don't make us, any so. money. We don't make any money, so we're yeah. not going to pay them any money. Not yet. Maybe by the time this recorded, uh, this comes out, we will. <laughs> Not enough to pay uh, for Zoom. <laughs> well, anyway, it's probably a good segue. But yeah, I've been listening to Mother's Cake and 68. They're great bands. You've been listening to Frost. But we're talking about Pink Floyd, Wish You Were Here, which is, uh, I don't know, man. I think it's it, it could quite possibly be my favorite Pink Floyd album, pound for pound. I, I'll, I'll say that. 
Yeah, I I think it's my favorite Pink Floyd album too. And not necessarily that I think it has the best Pink Floyd moments, but as a whole, um, I think it's the best. Yeah, that's like there's some songs I like on other albums, maybe more so. But as an album, uh, this feels very complete uh, and it's very heavy. And it has all of the elements of Pink Floyd um, that are on their other albums. I guess I maybe that's my own perception. Yeah. You know, Shine On You Crazy Diamond is kind of this jam piece. And then like Welcome to the Machine sounds very much like um like the wall. Uh Wish yeah. You Were Here is a very simple, like heartfelt song. And then like uh Have a Cigar has that very cynical edge. And so you just get a a, a nice like um kaleidoscope of of Pink Floydness in this album, uh for for the length. I mean yeah. it's only, it's like a 44 minute album, right? Yeah. So and and like we're not talking about Dark Side of the Moon, I think because it's been so over-talked. At least that's yeah. my opinion. Um, yeah. And I love Dark Side of the Moon. I think it's great. But there's some stuff on Dark Side of the Moon that feels like like there's so much. There's a lot of experimentation, and some of it feels like it's not adding to the whole. Like there's, it's not a ton of stuff, you know. But there's a few yeah. spots where where this just feels a little more kind of cohesive overall um, mm-hmm. to me. And I think that makes sense. You know, you're experimenting as an artist. And then after that, you kind of learn how to refine some of those ideas, you know, into something a little more uh, compact, I guess. Yeah. And that's the thing is Dark Side of the Moon is, pro- is I think, Pink Floyd's, uh, is it their, high- it's got to be their oh, highest selling yeah. album. Maybe it's one of the wall. highest album. It, it's one of the highest selling albums of all time. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. Um, I, I know the wall's up there, but so they're coming, this album is released right after that. Yeah. And like, if you look at where the band's at mentally, they've, they've made it big and, you know, Pink Floyd, a lot of people, I don't just like lay people aren't aware that Pink Floyd was around for so long before yeah, dark side of the moon. Um, they have several albums beforehand. Uh, but so they're coming off this huge success and they've like made it. And then they, uh, sort of feel this, emptiness going into the recording of wish you were here um where they're all not very motivated and they're all very burned by the record industry um they've gone through a lot personally they've lost their lead singer sid barrett and so they come into this album just with a lot of of heaviness and what's interesting about this album is that this is really the beginning of the end for pink floyd even though they make albums like obviously for like 20 years after this yeah. uh album but as far as this 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 lineup uh this album kind of sows the seeds of the um the inner band conflict uh between roger waters and uh right yeah um it, it starts here <laughs> so yeah I, I i that you know it's not like i've ever had that much success but i i I can't imagine what it would be like to be that successful and then have to go in and make another album. You know, I'm, I'm sure that that's kind of difficult, you know, it's cool. Cause obviously you have unlimited resources and stuff, but there's mm-hmm. probably some issues that come with that. And then there's a lot more expectations on you as a musician. It's like, once you release something, people want the same kind of thing, you know? And I think that this album wasn't received as well when it first came out mm-hmm. because of, of the success of dark side of the moon. But uh, in, in, in hindsight, you know, later on looking at it, um, I think it's right up there with it. Um, yeah. y- you know, at the time it's hard to say that, right. If you're a fan, yeah. 
<laughs> if you're a fan of a of a band currently and they put out an album and it's different from what you heard before, but you're expecting that, it's easy to be disappointed, you know. <laughs> yeah, like but, if you look at some of these uh, reviews, like uh, Melody Maker said, from whichever direction one approaches, wish you were here. It still sounds unconvincing in its ponderous sincerity and displays a critical lack of imagination in all departments. That That's a review from- See, that's time. crazy to me. That feels like the opposite of how I feel about I know, it. <laughs> how do you arrive at that conclusion? I don't know, right? because I don't know. It's just like maybe what that person was expecting, you know? This this album yes, feels like yeah. the most heartfelt out Pink Floyd album to me. Like, because oh, they're yeah, talking about personal so personal things, either dealing with Sid Barrett or also dealing with the record industry. Like, this is they're obviously just like, well, a couple of these songs they're literally just angry <laughs> when they write like the lyric. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, like "Welcome to the Machine" and "Have a Cigar" definitely have tinges of uh, anger. Uh, I, um, Roger Waters also describes like a sense of absence, which you also get with "Shine On You Crazy Diamond" and "Wish You Were Here." So there's just like this mix of like the void and anger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it, and it, and they play off of each other throughout the whole album, which makes it go together. And I, I don't know if you were aware of this, but um, so dogs and sheep from animals, which was what album we were going to talk about. Yes. The dogs and sheep were actually going to be on this yeah, album. Yeah, I didn't know that. As uh, uh, what were their names? Um, raving, raving and drooling was sheep, and then <laughs> uh, you've got to be crazy was dogs. And David Gilmore was pushing to to have those um, on this album, but Roger Waters felt like they didn't fit. Mm. And I definitely would um, agree. I feel like those would be kind of out of place on yeah. this album. Yeah. So maybe that's why Animals doesn't uh, isn't work quite as well for me because it's it's B side. Wish you were here material. It's the B side no, of Wish You Were Here. That's uh, man. I'm that's sure ha- that's harsh. It's a good album too. That that's that's harsh criticism. <laughs> I don't, well, we were, you know, maybe it's worth talking about, but we were going to go in and talk about uh, animals. Yeah, yeah. And after listening to it and then listening to Wish You Were Here, we we preferred Wish You Were Here, uh, us personally. I mean, if this guy can review Wish You Were Here and say it sucks, then I feel like we can have our own subjective view and say that- uh, Oh, I've always preferred Wish, like wish uh, You Were Here. Yeah, I've always preferred <laughs> Wish You Were Here, so. Um, yeah. And we actually played, so Gerald and I played in a- a cover band when I was almost what was that ten years ago now? Jeez, I know man. that is so crazy. <laughs> but we, we did all kinds life of life crisis. Now it'd be like midlife. Yeah, crisis. almost. <laughs> uh, but we uh, played all sorts of classic rock, and we did some Rush songs, and we played what Pink Floyd songs we played. We played Wish You Were Here, Wish You Were Here, and Time, and Time. Yeah, and we actually talked yep. about playing Have a Cigar too. I think it's at one point. I I did. I covered Have a Cigar in another band. So you've played uh, two fifths of this album live. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, two of the hilarious. five songs, not two fists, but yeah. Um, well, that's how they were paid. Uh, I, I think af- maybe it's after animals, but basically each musician would come with a song and they would be paid for what they wrote um, per song. So it's funny is like dogs is, I, I don't know how long that out, that song is it's it's like, like 15, 15 minutes. Minute song. Song. <laughs> yeah. And so you get paid the same as you get uh, as uh, um, pigs on the wing, which is like, you know, two separate songs that are each like two minutes long. <laughs> and so Roger Waters got paid more and that led to a lot of the yeah. that, anger that, and frustration. So that, that's band. a terrible pay setup. If I was whoever wrote dogs, was it Gilmore that wrote dogs? I think so. Yeah. If I was Gilmore, I would have split dogs into like five parts or whatever. <laughs> yeah, could, I know. <laughs> you made for five songs. Dogs no, part one, part two. Sound better is a suite, you know, like we really break it up and revisit each, so, you know, phrase. Uh, on that... 
what do you think about the splitting up of Shine On You Crazy Diamond between the beginning and end of the album? Uh I I like it. I I don't I don't have an issue with it. I don't know if you have a, a musical insight. No, I mean it's it's a pretty uncommon thing to do for a long song. Mm-hmm. It's not something you see too often. Um, I don't mind it. I think it works fine to kind of book in the album with both. But I've also heard Shiny Crazy Diamond as one piece where they're both back to back, and that worked really well too. So I don't know. And I know there was some debate within the band whether they should do that or not. Yeah, because the the second one is mostly right is well they're they're all obviously playing and they have their own parts but isn't right really showcasing on the second one yeah um, they like i mean up the two really they 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 it's the same piece really just splitting it up across the album there's, there's you know they bring back a lot of the musical themes and everything connects together pretty well um right but i i do think based on what the album is that it makes sense to split it up because you wouldn't i don't think you'd want to end the album with wish you were here you know it makes oh, sense no, to kind of would... go to go back into this. So, yeah, I understand why they did it. It's just it's an unusual thing. So I was curious what you thought. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, uh, they do this before. Um, they have these long pieces like this. Like I think of Echoes. Yeah. Um, that song though is just at the end of uh, of the album. Um, what album is Echoes on? Oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm forgetting. I mean, typic typically in a prog since you're sort of epic the really long song usually will come at the very end of the album and that just ends the album all at once yeah uh, although sometimes i've seen it at the beginning too it's usually the usually the end but sometimes the beginning even in the middle yeah you could have your long sound but but typically your your epic quote unquote is all together right it's not going to split up yeah is do they do this before um where they have kind of a reprise uh on album i know they do it on on animals um echoes all comes i know that shine on you crazy diamond like initially the idea was that it was sort of like uh it's similar in the vein of echoes where yeah. it's like this kind of long yeah. drawn out piece they don't split up echoes i i don't think they split anything else up no like that. The, there are yeah. dark side of the moon is kind of a concept album so there are like themes and things that come back but it's not like an entire song just gets like put, put cut in half or something you know yeah, do you, well are you, are you kind of thinking like it's like a uh not a shortcut but they're they're uh what's where I'm looking for like like they're trying to save time or they're like ah let's just play this song again just to like No, no, like, no, no, no. cuz the like second it, the second half is very the, the second part is very different from from right. from the first part. So, it's not that and I I, I th- as I said, I think it makes sense why they did it this way and it it works well. Um yeah, it almost I makes agree. the f- album feel like it's one kind of thing you know to have it yeah back yep. and forth. even though it's definitely not a it's not a concept album but yeah um yeah i don't know as far as musically on the first one um i don't know what are some things you there's noticed? all kinds of stuff i'm actually gonna grab my guitar because some of these chords are yeah. really cool i think i want cool to hear you play that signature lick so that we can get uh, <laughs> get copyright <laughs> if i play the i can't even sing it probably i'll get copyright strike pink floyd is pink floyd is notorious for copyright strikes i I will never teach i will never do a pink floyd analysis teaching video on the prog school because it'll get cut down we'll play it so we can get canceled here we can get demonetized well like rick beato (laughs) you checked out some of rick beato's videos right the guy who does like the yes yes he he complains about this frequently he has never talked about pink floyd because they would copyright strike him Oh really? Yep. So, 
That's kind of obnoxious. But I can play the I, mean, I, I can play the chords at least, right, and not get in trouble. <laughs> I don't know. Let's find out. Uh, <laughs> I can't sing the words. They can't copyright chord progressions. Yeah. Just play it fast. Yeah. And then they... <laughs> I'll do it in a different key. No, so that's yeah. the like the main motif from the song, and that is in the G Dorian mode. So Dorian is a yes. minor a minor scale with a major six. Here's natural minor, and then Dorian. And Pink Floyd actually loves to use Dorian. Um, what we did in part of time. Right. That's Dorian too. Uh, there's parts of Wish You Were Here. That's what I was going to say, Wish You Were Here. That's G Dorian. E, e Dorian. Well, half of yeah, it. Some of it's right. some of it's like just straight E minor, but uh, it's a pretty right. common Pink Floyd sound. Um, and they're really just jamming. How long? I, I wrote it down. Two minutes and 30 seconds. This song is literally just on one chord. It's just on a G minor. It's all that right. floaty, spacey stuff before this like melodic part comes in. Um, we're also in six, eight here, which, uh, gives it, I don't know. Six, eight is a, is a great time signature. It kind of gives it that, uh, really like anthemic kind of laid back feeling. Yeah. And, and spacey space. And... Yeah. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> and then later that becomes like a 12, eight. So if you kind of like one and two and three and four and five and six in, so they're grouped as two notes each So one and two and three and and then later it goes into 12 eight, so they're grouped as three instead of two. So it'd be, if I do the transition, one and two and three and four and five and six and one and a two and a three. And so the eighth note huh. is staying the same. Um, you're just kind of feel, then you're starting to feel it as like triplets kind of, or three notes okay. per beat. So that's when it jumps into like the, I think that's right when the sax solo kicks in. Yeah. Yeah. What, what, uh, do you have a minute on, uh, what is the minute on that? Oh, tw 12 minutes. At 12 minutes. 12 minutes. It's like in the middle of the sax solo or at the beginning. I can't remember exactly. I'd have to listen to it again. Oh, yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, and yeah. it kind of does yeah. that in the second half, too. It, it moves between that the 12-8 triplet feel and the 6-8 feel, yeah. too. So. Um, and then there's some 4-4 four, four at the end of the second half, too, when it does at the very This is so good to listen to. I remember one time, the first time I went fishing, which is really random, I was listening to uh, Pink Floyd. I remember just fishing and just really enjoying this, just being out in nature and uh, just really enjoying this. Pink this Floyd. is probably my favorite Pink Floyd song. I just it love is. the like the mood of it. Yes. Um, and I love the way that it takes its time to get to stuff. The vocals don't come in for eight minutes and forty seconds. I had to write it down because I was like, that "That's is, ridiculous." This is so awesome. That it's they great. Do that. Like that's like it's like two you know, full I, songs before. They get to I the wanted vocals. to ask you about this. You know, like we covered um, King Crimson and Yes, and I, I don't really know how to word this, and maybe you can provide the words. But it seems like um, some of those prog bands are so upfront with um, their virtuoso ness of their of the musicianship. And there's something like subdued about Pink Floyd where, you know, Mason is really straightforward on the drums, but he's adding just enough touch that you're like, oh, wow, he's an amazing drummer. You know, I, I feel like all of them uh, in their restrictiveness, that's what makes them great. Like they're yeah. not showing off, but they by not showing off, they're showing off. I think <laughs> Does that makes sense. This is something we'll probably talk a lot about as we go through all kinds of different albums is that there is really kind of two 
sides to Prague. There's the technical side, the over the top, like show off how crazy good you are and how complex you can be side of Prague. But there's this side of Prague, which is more uh, based on, well, I mean, good songwriting, but also just experimentation, like experimentation in the sounds that they're using, the different instruments, uh, arrangements, lengths of songs, styles, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, and it's less about like, here's what we can all do as members, but it's more about like what kind of sonic territory can we explore, you know? Yes. And you're yes. going to see I, kind of both of those, it... you know, if, 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 and that stuff continues on later. If you think of the difference between like a, a band like dream theater and porcupine tree or something like that. Well, or... even Yes. Like we covered. Yes. I mean, yes, definitely shows off. Oh yeah. I, I, I would say, uh, and there's less showing off in pink Floyd. Oh, for sure. That's uh, that's not a thing that Pink Floyd does because that's not the yeah. kind of players they are even really. Right. Maybe you think about just David Gilmore's guitar solos, which are super iconic, but they're yeah. all just really blues. It's essentially just blues. Yeah. You know, it's that kind of stuff, but yeah. it's done over yeah. these like long, you know, drawn out passages like this. So it doesn't really sound like he's playing the blues, but. Right, right. Yeah, I uh, I think that also makes Pink Floyd more accessible. Oh, I mean, yeah, I sure. grew up, my dad isn't, he doesn't know anything about music, but he listened to Pink Floyd all the time. So I grew up listening to Pink Floyd. I did not grow up listening to Yes or King Crimson mm -hmm. as much. And I'm sure other people have that experience. But it's just like anybody, my my students, I teach at a high school, my students know these songs. Well, everyone know who knows who Pink Diamond. Floyd is, yeah. They're less likely to know Yes, definitely less likely to know King Crimson. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Or even Genesis or some of the other like big prog bands, you know? Yeah, no, Pink Floyd, I mean... They're by far the most, probably the highest selling, they have to be the highest selling prog, quote unquote, prog yes. band ever, progressive rock band. Yeah. yeah, unless you throw like some of the Beatles albums, but I don't Yeah, really I wouldn't count, count that, them as like... But yeah, no, I mean, in so it's kind of the, it's that side, it's this side of prog, which I love, you know? I love yes, technical yes. stuff as much as anybody, but I think especially for myself as I've gotten older, even though I, it's like the music I write is still very much more on the technical side. But as far as listening and enjoyment for myself, I find myself gravitating towards this kind of prog a lot more than I would have when I was younger. Um, yes. I think there's a maturity with this stuff that sometimes isn't happening if you're focused solely on technical stuff. So. Well, there's also, I mean, just lyrically, this song uh, oh, carries yeah. so much weight. Um, I don't know if I've, I've told you this before, but I had a friend who, um, well, maybe I'll tell the Sid Barrett story. I mean, effectively, Sid Barrett was our lead singer, and he, it's kind of confusing exactly what happened. He was disaffected with the record industry, and it seemed like he didn't want to go forward being this, like, you know, this popular rock band. But simultaneously, he was taking a lot of LSD and, and uh, uh, went insane. Like, he, he was hanging out with these people, and he apparently just had taken too much. And the band... Um, saw him and they just kind of saw an absence in his eyes and realized that he just was not there anymore. Mm. Um, so they, uh, Roger Waters wrote this song as a tribute to him, uh, because without him, uh, Roger Waters said himself that the band would have never gotten started, mm. even though he was only there for a couple of albums. Yeah. He was not there during their most, um, popular albums. Um, so he wrote this out, this, uh, song for him. Uh, and there's some just, I mean, amazing. I mean, this is maybe one of the best, one of my favorite songs lyrically. Uh, just now there's a look yeah. in your eyes, like black holes in the sky. Uh, 
you're caught in the crossfire of childhood and stardom. I mean, all the, these lyrics are, uh, you reached for the secret too soon and you cried for the moon. I love that line. It's so good. Oh, it's so good. And so what's really crazy is they were recording this song. They had gotten done with the final take and this guy walks in and they have no idea who he is. He has his shirt half tucked. And do you have that image actually that I sent you? Maybe you can pull it up. Yeah. I'm going to have to put uh, this in You can even just post, look but... up Sid Barrett comes in during Wish You Were Here. But anyway, this guy shows up. He has his shirt half tucked. Uh, he's carrying a plastic bag. His head is completely shaved and his eyebrows are shaved off. <clears throat> and he's walking around their equipment and they're like, who the heck is this guy? They thought he was like uh, from the record company or uh, from the EMI staff actually. And uh, they thought he was like a friend of Waters. Nobody knew who he was. And then uh, Gilmore realized who he was. And he, uh, did you find that image? I've got, I've got to give me a second. I'm gonna... Okay. Yeah. Cue it up. But uh, Gilmore recognized who he was and he leans over to like um, Mason, the drummer. And he's like, you know, that that's, uh, you know, that that's Sid Barrett. Right. And uh, the description. Yeah. There's the, image, it's right now, you now. It's you now. That's it. Now it's me. That's a picture of me. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that that is Sid Barrett. And if you look at the pictures of him before, too, I mean, he is uh, he's a great frontman. He's like Mick Jagger. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's a sex icon kind of thing. And it's then crazy. he becomes this. Uh, and so he's in there after they finish the recording of Shine On You Crazy Diamond. Uh, basically, Mason, when he sees him and realizes who he is, he's completely horrified is how he's described. Uh, they try to have a conversation with him, and it's described as, desultory and not entirely sensible Oof. by uh that's what mason says which basically just means there's no purpose he's at barrett's asking he's like so you guys want me to record this or whatever and then they they try to play the song shine on you crazy diamond to him and to he see doesn't if he know recognizes a, yeah and he doesn't even know that it is um about him that's crazy and they literally uh it says uh storm thorgerson who who was one of the the um producers there he says two or three people cried and they sat around and uh they sat around and talked to him for a bit but he really wasn't there and that is just so heartbreaking to me personally because i had a friend who um ended up taking lsd and mm. the same exact thing happened i mean it was like there's my friend there the day before he took LSD, went completely insane one night, and the next day he was not in his body. It I was think different. He was absent. That you know? story and, and just knowing the this the kind of concept behind this song, everyone knows someone who's gone a little bit crazier, who just has let themselves go or whatever. It's like if you listen yeah. to the song and read the lyrics with that in mind, this is a, like a powerful song. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it's tragic. It's yeah, extremely. I mean, powerful. there's some of these parts they like. Every time I hear them, it's just like they they really move me. And and all those lyrics that we were talking about, they're just they're just amazing. You know, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Didn't say anything about them. I'm just kind of looking through all of them now. Yeah, you stranger, you legend, you martyr. Yeah, all that stuff. Yeah. Is, uh, oh man, you wore out the uh, the idea. The wore out. You you're welcome with random precision is about you know initially they were trying to get Sid Barrett to participate with the band before before Wish You Were Here, way before Wish You Were Here. But he would like show up and not even play with them or they would do a live show on TV and he would just stare blankly at the screen and not nice. even play his guitar. Uh, so, you know, drugs really had an impact, a negative impact. on Yeah. Them. I, uh, and yeah. 
I, I think, think he died in 2006. Yeah, he died like, like in the early 2000s. That's surprising he lived that ever, long. Depending, I know, and nobody ever, the band only saw him one time. Crazy. Uh, I think Nick Mason saw him and he was picking up some snacks. Is what Nick Mason okay. said. That's the last time that they, they saw him. That's crazy. So they didn't even try to interact with him. You hmm. know? I don't know. Yeah. And uh, uh, these kind of lyrics are the, it's the kind of lyrics that I love. Like mm -hmm. there's imagery and it's not super on the nose, right? Like anytime I hear lyrics that are like, tell you exactly what's going on, like in really blank terms, like I just don't like that Ugh. that much. Or like modern lyrics where they talk about texting or Instagramming. Well, that's lyrics. the worst. I mean, that's a whole nother that sort is... of thing. Oh, but gosh. you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. you can talk <laughs> about like certain things, but if you do it in a, this is just, it's like poetry like this. It's just, it feels- oh, man. But, you know, it's like good word choices and the things like you can understand what they're saying, but it's not done in a super overt way. It's not like you've gone crazy. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's yeah. like we miss you, Sid Barrett. We miss you, Sid like Barrett. That. Come back or whatever. Wish you were here. You uh, wish you were. Well, yeah. yeah. And Roger, Roger Waters says that he's like, you know, a lot of these these songs mean this to me. This is what I was going through. Yeah. But he sort of writes it like a Rorschach test where yeah. anybody can approach it. And it can mean something entirely different for them. And I mean, all the, the you know, time is like that for me. That's uh, much. Wish you were here. Yeah. Shining crazy. Diamond. That has a lot more impact. And I think, a, a you know, much broader appeal because you can put your own experiences into it as opposed to like, I've never been a big fan of anytime bands use actual names of anything. Like, you know, like have a song that's named this person or whatever. <laughs> yeah. It happens all the time. And it, it there's no, you can't put yourself in that at all. Whereas something like, like this, like you can. Jenny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Six, three, seven, five, three, <laughs> or whatever. Five. I mean, there's a million examples. <laughs> Rhiannon by uh, by uh, Fleetwood Mac, that kind of stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it, it it's better for for me anyway if I feel like I can maybe put my own experiences into the music. So um, yeah, though no, this is this is uh the, for me this is the top of the heap as far as lyrical. This as is top. Yeah, this is top tier lyric writing, and I'm not even someone yes. who, you know, I'm a music. I, I'm not really a lyricist and. Uh, I don't always listen to the lyrics as much as I do to the music, but this, and especially this kind of music where it's much more laid back, the lyrics do matter a ton, you know? Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, that's I could talk about this song diamonds. forever. Actually, I want to talk about, let me see. There's some, I wrote down some of these chord progressions cause they're so cool. Um, yeah, just the chorus part. I don't know if you, I don't know if I can hum the melody. So, Essentially, you just it's have just a, like a chromatic. The bass line goes down from G, yeah, yeah, to E flat, and then back up. I love chromatic moving stuff like that, but it actually fits really well there with the lyrics that are happening too. Yeah, you've like you feel like you're, you're yeah, it feels like you're yeah. falling and then you like get lifted back up to to the shine yeah. part, right? It's oh, kind of gosh, imagery yeah, in the chords. Yeah, you can use musical things to like enhance the imagery of lyrics too. It's called yeah, like, and David Gilmore actually he um I, I can't find the quote exactly, but I remember reading he was talking about Dark Side of the Moon where he felt like some of the ideas that were attached to the music were bigger than the music itself. Mm, yeah. And he made it his own personal goal to make sure that the music matched the weight of the ideas. Okay. I, I think I'm paraphrasing there, but that, that definitely comes through. And that's a great example of what he's talking about there. Yeah. And 
I'm trying to remember some of the other guitar parts. I learned these, learned these a few days ago because I was just wanting to. I had never really done it properly. Um, right. I really like the sax solo on this song, which is a weird yeah. thing for me to say because I am usually not a fan of sax solos, especially in rock. But they there's just something about the way solos, that this though. sax solo works. I guess they do it in money too, which is great. Um, but it, it just works here. It's great. It's awesome. Um, yeah, and that's like that comes later in the song as well, right? Yeah, that's that's like, that's like after the first. Oh, we're gonna get our. We got ten minutes left, right? Just you know. Seriously. Zoom. Yeah. Gosh, just on forty. Zoom. It's okay. Well, we we'll, we'll in another five or ten minutes we can jump. Let's finish up Shannon Crazy Diamond. <laughs> yeah, there's also well, I guess the last thing on Shining Crazy Diamond is also the backing vocals, which they use in uh, Dark Side of the Moon as mm-hmm. well. No. Um, I can't remember the name of the the musicians. Um, they're American, um, African American musicians. I cannot remember their name, but that adds a ton to that chorus. Just yeah. that shine on. It really hits it with those harmonies, yeah. and yeah, that's great. I really like the very end. We're kind of talking about Shining Crazy Diamond as one thing. The 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 first and second part. Um, yeah. The very end. There's like this. It's like a dirge is what I call it. It's the dirge section, like a, like a march. Right. Like a, of the second part? Of the very or? end, yeah, of the second oh. part at the end of the album. Okay. It okay. feels like like a funeral march sort of thing to me. Um, oh, right. With those keys, with the pad. Yeah, and like the yeah, triplet, yeah. kind of like slower, like triplet sort of feel. And then the chords there are like super dark. Ooh, yeah. This, they're like going outside of the it's minor but they're much doing it's just a bunch of minor chords like back to back it's really cool right and also we we weren't able to figure this out because i just read about this just now but apparently after sid barrett comes into the room uh Wright goes back in and he he does this rep- reprise of the um see emily play which was one of sid barrett's songs into the end of shine on you crazy diamond but I'm not exactly sure which melody it is. Yeah, um, I'd have to listen. We, I didn't, we didn't even have know time that. to figure it out. <laughs> um, one more thing: the very end of the song, which is the end of the album, it does. This is this is one of my favorite musical terms: the Pickardy third. Mm, so old Pickardy third. If you're if you're in a minor key, what that means is if you're playing in a minor key, you end the song on that same chord but major instead of minor. So the ending the ending of the song goes major chord uh, that's nice that's so nice. instead of instead of g minor where it started it ends on g major and i think that's so, interesting there is some musical sort of uh i think there's some um there's a reason behind that i think it gives a little bit of hope like to the end of the album yeah. to like have it lift to the major chord so that's called the picardy yeah, third no, it definitely diamond. does that's a great that's a great tool yeah shiny crazy diamond very tragic can we move that picture yeah so i just i took it away me. okay thank you <laughs> Uh, I was thinking, there is another image I'm just going to leave that you. up the whole time. Oh, <laughs> I'm uh, putting it in like four so, different spots on the screen. It, well, you know, the, the, the theme about this album is absence and you can literally see it in that guy's eyes, That's man. True. Uh, it is, it is terrifying, but we're on welcome to the machine. Is that right? Yes. That is <laughs> That's next. track two. Um, welcome to the machine is, uh, you know, there, like I said, there's this theme of absence and there's a theme of sort of cynicism and bitterness towards the record industry then also a mix of both like sid barrett is almost kind of a victim of the record industry it, uh roger waters was talking about how the pressure of the record industry sort of pushed him the way it did and possibly could have played a role in making him go you know crazy yeah uh so then we get to welcome the machine we open up with these great uh 
1970s uh, sound effects. Uh, they were way into experimental. All audio the there. electronic elements in this song are fantastic, and, they really and Pink are, Floyd yeah. was really good at doing that. Like, if you listen to electronic instruments from this time period done by a lot of bands and stuff, it's it can be pretty cheesy, pretty rough for yeah. some of it. I know my wife, she found this uh, $1 vinyl at the Goodwill recently because she just picks them up because she thinks they're funny. And it was like, it was, I can't even remember the name of it exactly, but it was like the age of electronium or something like that. And it was like all these (laughs) pop songs done on synthesizers from like the 70s, like about the same time as this. Oh, it was like the worst thing ever. It sounds so bad. I know. And yeah. But But people, it is is really well done. And you know, what's weird is like, it opens with an elevator and the weird part is an elevator doesn't sound like the beginning of this track, but you know, it's an elevator or at least some kind of, you're moving into some kind of machine. It's good sort of sound design to, to turn it into something else. Um, Yeah. And they used, I looked it up because I was curious. They used the VCS three synth a bunch on this song, which is kind of a newer at the time it was a newer sort of synth right. model so that's doing yeah, a lot roger of really waters leads. apparently still uses that oh probably synth. i mean there's certain yeah. things you can't really replicate i mean there's digital stuff to replicate almost anything now but you know if you're used to using the original sort of keyboard or whatever yeah um and and the other thing i think is cool about this sound wise is this mixture of these synthetic like electronic instruments with acoustic guitar like you get the like sort of organic elements mm. against mm-hmm. the electronic elements i don't know if there's any sort of uh, lyrical sort of connection with that either but um I, I just like that that contrast between the two yeah yeah i there's I also honestly, no drums in this song none is there that's true is there a weird like uh time signature or anything like that in it though? there's a th- it, it moves to, to three I, four I it moves it. to three four in the bridge instead of four four uh, okay. pink floyd doesn't really do the like yes style uh time signatures right Right. Um, occasionally, well, I mean, I mean, they have the most popular song odd time four. signature song ever. That's true. Money's in uh, seven four, but but the guitar solo yeah. in that song's in four four because David Gilmour couldn't solo in seven four. Um, <laughs> that's a he couldn't solo. Well, he couldn't. He, that, that's the that's the rumor anyway. Is like he didn't want to solo in seven wow. four. So they so if you listen to true? he's such a great guitar. If player. you listen to Money, it goes to four four when the guitar solo kicks right. in. Like the it sax was, solos in yeah. seven. Um, that's what I heard anyway. That might that might be a rumor. Uh, yeah. But yeah, but but Pink Floyd will like in the bridge of this song, it moves to three four and then back to four four, which are they're both common time signatures. But there is some right. switching of the meters at least. And there was right. like that change to the triplet feel and shining you crazy diamonds. So it's not like they're not using different time signatures. It's just like they're not changing time signatures every measure like some bands would. Right. And I and I mentioned this to you, and I don't think you got a chance to watch it, but um. The music videos for all for the songs on this album uh, are great, and the "Welcome to the Machine." It's all done by Gerald Scarf, mm. which is an amazing name. Gerald related to uh, you, Scarf. Oh, I know you share the first name. <laughs> yeah, you can't, <laughs> you can't be related by the first name. But he he does the, the he does a lot of the artwork for the Wall. Uh, but he does basically these animations, and there's I can't remember what the animal's called. I think it's an ax axolotl. Is that what it's called? I only know the Pokemon that is associated with it. But it's this weird mechanical axolotl that's like walking along. And then he has these like monoliths rising out of seas of blood. And it turns into hands. (laughs) It's really great. Like 70s, uh, just crazy psychedelic imagery. So this, I definitely recommend looking that up on YouTube. Yeah, this song is, uh, I love the atmosphere of this song. Like yes. it's just, just the way all the sounds like flow and, and it definitely feels 
pretty dark and cynical, which I know it, is the is. idea of the, the acoustic guitar is like it, it, the acoustic guitar represents something pure and organic. Yeah, yeah. And it's like being smothered by the yeah, industrial right. sounds. And, and that's very much as, as they had entered the machine. Yeah. Uh, they, they were now like trying to write music, but they're just being smothered by this. You have to follow it up with something bigger and you have to do something, you know, more, uh, yeah. That's a good, that's a good point. That makes sense. I, I was trying to think of like, what does that even mean? But that makes sense. Like, because the acoustic guitar is very much kind of like in the background there. And these other instruments are just going like, you know, like on top yeah. of it, just all over just it. Just kill it. Yeah. Just yeah. And like it. those synthetics, like some of the electronic elements that come in or sweep in they're super loud like in the mix they're just like you know like they yeah right yeah like you. abrupt and jarring yeah and, yeah mm-hmm. i guess that makes sense if you think of the electronic stuff as being like the record industry and the machine or whatever as opposed to like yeah and i'm trying to think like it's, I'm, I'm rereading the lyrics here i have yeah I have them up here. you know provided with toys and scouting for boys you bought a guitar to punish your ma <laughs> this idea of like you picked up the guitar to like try to make it and now you finally made it and, and you know you're nobody's fool machine. once yeah, again these lyrics yeah. are just these lyrics are so good oh man they're and i, I think, love the what it what did you dream this is my favorite line in this whole song is what did you dream it's all right we, we told, told you, you what to dream. dream oh man the idea is you have this rock somebody wants to be a rock star right and then they finally make it and then it, and then they realize oh it was all a trick like uh, put on to me. They told me what to dream. They gave me that dream. They wanted my own. Yeah. They wanted you to be a rock star or whatever. Yeah. But I, I think that, this. that, that could apply to like outside of music too. You think about it, like so oh, many yeah. things, there's like cultures, like you need to have this and you need to have this. This is what your dream yeah. is to like own a house to have whatever, whatever yeah, it might be. You gotta be. go to college, get a good job, yeah, get a good job. And then you gotta get married. Blah, blah, blah. You might have a kid as like the American dream or whatever, or just anything. Yeah. And it's like, they're just telling you what to dream, right? Yeah. And that's why I, Roger Waters, uh, you know, well, I'll, he, he's I'll, just an interesting guy. His anti-status quo yeah. lyrics. I also love the way point. that uh, <laughs> the way that they say Jaguar in this one. <laughs> the Jaguar. Yeah. <laughs> it's very British. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Always ate in a yeah. steak bar. Love to drive his Jaguar. Yeah, like that's all about the, mo- the American dream and the money and all that stuff. Yeah, and then, once again, these lyrics like, these makes these, you know, I feel like I could even put myself into these for in some way, you know, even yeah. just like I've gotten, but I, I've dealt with some I'm of the a mu- public school teacher. Yes. I very much oh, resonate yeah. with this. Well, I've, I've, <laughs> I've dealt, you know, a little bit with the music like world, you know, and what people want you to do and blah, blah, blah. And like, here's yeah. what you got to do to make it and all this stuff. And it's like, it's, oh. it feels so forced and, um, it's, it's awesome though. You know, they're releasing this song on a major label, this huge band and they're just like screw you guys pretty much yeah <laughs> screw you guys screw you guys and then it but then it ends just with like wind right or there's like talking at the end isn't there uh there's like a crowd and then it just kind of ends with wind or actually no i'm thinking of shining crazy diamond at the beginning never mind yeah there's also like the kind of talking stuff between have a and wish you were here like all that stuff too but um right yeah there's just like an audience yeah or a crowd of and kind. and then have a cigar to me feels like because the lyric lyrical content is of a similar vein. It almost feels like the welcome machine and have a cigar, are like two parts of the same sort of thing. Like they almost like work together really well. Cause if it kind of just flows right into have a cigar. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, they're, they're dealing with the same. Yeah. The cynicism. Yeah. They're both the in the same key. Industry. They're both in E minor. So ah. 
and actually wish you were here is well wish you were here is in g mostly but e minor g similar thing so i so uh have a cigar was actually covered by um uh primus oh, on their album miscellaneous debris uh he's heavily influenced by roger waters yeah, he's yeah. the lead singer plays bass that whole thing uh and so that was the first song by pink floyd that i'd heard when i was in high school that wasn't like one of their main ah. well i guess it is popular i mean the, the song was a huge international hit but but i guess you don't hear it on the radio as much as say you would hear you know money or something like that i guess or, or another brick in the wall or yeah whatever. yeah yeah it's, it's so, not one but, you know I, I can't remember or even welcome to the machine i'm trying to think of when i did listen to the radio back in the day in the car or whatever which ones i'd hear i feel like i heard welcome to the machine or wish you were here like on the radio i Welcome oh yeah machine. yeah really even not that long ago i was is wa- that alaskan radio yeah, yeah it was cool alaskan radio i was walking <laughs> around a store something some, somewhere recently the last couple of months i'd heard welcome to the machine i was like oh sweet <laughs> yeah but huh in the that's crazy like you're walking around walmart listening to welcome well to the machine. that wasn't walmart but yeah well, i mean that would just suit it really well like they should just play <laughs> welcome that, to the machine that, all the just, time just on loop yeah. That that song should just come on your computer when you go to Amazon. <laughs> like you type in Amazon, it's like welcome. Yeah, seriously, seriously, or if you're on Facebook or yeah, anything, yeah, like, anything. Anytime you go on any <laughs> any big corporation, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, have a cigar. I, the lyrics are hilarious. They're just hilarious, cynical. I didn't know this until I looked into this, but it's not even sang by Roger Waters. Um, I think he does the backing. Vocals, they had a guest vocalist come in because they could, none of yeah, them could Roy like Harper. Yeah, because they Roy none Harper, of them could yeah. get the sound they wanted, which is cool though. Like, well, that, Roger Waters actually does not like the vocals on. This. Oh, really? He I says like if him, he but... had gotten more time with it, oh. he would have gotten it. He doesn't like how Roy Harper makes kind of a parody of the song, but that's why I like. I it. think it's I great. Love, I think I love it because he's like he's the character, yeah. of like the the person trying to sign the band, and he's getting he's yeah. It, it, I think it adds to the cynicism of it, honestly. Oh, it's great! And I he's love just the lyrics. Yelling. Yeah. It, there's a documentary on YouTube about this album mm. and they, 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 uh, isolate the vocals and his, they're so ridiculous. Um, when you hear them all with the harmony and such on yeah. have a cigar, it sounds great. But when you have them isolated, you're like, gosh, he's just really just made this character up. And it, isolated and it vocals through. are usually don't sound very good in my, especially in rock music. Like if you ever listen to any isolated vocals, be like, this doesn't sound very good. It needs the context yeah. of the bands. The it's band seriously, it, in this case, it, it's definitely the case with this song, but I think it's cool yeah. though. That's one of those things where even if it wasn't the way he wanted it to turn out, I think it had a, a, a positive effect on the, yeah, on the, on the final product. So, I mean, you just feel it's such a sleazy, You're never going to die. You're going to make line. it if you try. They're gonna yeah, love but you. just just it, talking about the marriage of the lyrics to yeah. the actual music, you just feel the, the funk just gives you this groove, but it's very sleazy groove, and you're sitting in the office oh. of this guy who's just talking you up, and you know the whole thing is fake, and just the the best lyrics are you're on it there. It's, yeah, oh, oh that's the, the best way. by far. Which one's pink? And which oh, one's that fun? is so. Oh, it's funny. so. I, when I was a kid, I thought Pink Floyd was a person. Yeah, too, which... no, it's perfect. Like I'm sure they've got they probably got that a million times. Which one of you is pink? Which one of you is oh. Floyd? So they're just like, that's exactly what some sort of record executive that does knows nothing about the band just wants some money would say. Which one of you guys? Is yeah. It's so good. It's so it's it's so good. Yeah, um, and it could be made into a monster if we all pull together as a team. It's 
And then I, just the, 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 I guess the chorus. Riding the gravy train. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, we're riding but... the gravy train. And it's very, <laughs> that's what's cool is that part breaks through into this very sentimental, yeah. like sad part. And so that's what this album is so good about juxtaposing those two yeah. things together. And it just does it so well. It's so good. that I, I love the gravy train line. It's just good. Ah, it's good. So it's good. great imagery. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if there's much. I mean, I loved covering this song because the bass line is the so groove funny. is great, and and Pink grooves. Floyd does kind of like go into this funky vibe every once in a while, like mm-hmm. kind of grooving thing. You think about like another brick in the wall is another good example of that. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's great, and and this the 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 music of this is a good like uh, juxtaposition to Welcome to the Machine or Wish You or anything else really on the album because the rest of the album feels much more sort of maybe grandiose in spots, but also just kind of more subdued in a lot of ways. Um, And this is where you kind of get more of the, you know, you get just more of a groove going on. So, yeah. And then you got the classic, like you got a classic, super long David Gilmore solo, really bluesy. It's great. Yeah. He's he's just got such a signature sound. Oh yeah. I, so I'm kind of taken aback that he can't, you're, you were saying he can't jam in (laughs) seven. Well, it's not that easy to solo and not time signatures. It's coming from someone who does it all the time. Um, yeah, but he's so good, man. He's well, you know, but it's like player. people are good at certain things, right? It's not like everyone's right, good right, at right. every. Just because you're good doesn't mean you're good at something else. Like I'm good at certain things, but there's other things I'm not good at at all. So that's just the nature of of anything. Um, yeah. But I love like when we played, uh, especially we played time. I loved covering that solo. It was maybe my favorite one to cover. Yeah, it's just something that, about it, like song- you. You and hold. I loved how we we had the samples at the beginning oh, yeah, of yeah, the clocks good. and stuff like that. That was my, one of my favorite songs fun. to cover. I love I love that song, but yeah. it, it's just so fun to like hold those long notes and you bend and it's like the perfect note is always in the perfect spot, you know. Yeah. Um. And I I mean my solos are always like have some sort of shreddiness in it just because that's how I play. But mm-hmm. there is an influence from this kind of stuff where. I'm I'm attempting at least in my best way to try to find the right note for the right spot, you know. Yeah. Um, and even if that happens to be a lot more notes than David Gilmore would use, I mean, I I think I think any guitarist could learn something from learning these solos, just oh, in yeah. of how to mostly even just how to construct a solo, like how do you build it, you know? How do you take it from one spot to the next? And uh, anyway, yeah. Yeah, and what is the uh, what's the gentleman that does the album art on "Wish You Were Here"? Because I mean, this song really summarizes the uh, album art. Um, gosh, artist, wish you were here. I mean, you so basically on this album art, you have a guy on the front who's burning. Yeah, and he's, he's I mean, I've got it up hands. here. So he's literally getting burned. Uh, <laughs> and, and that's so what this, this song is all about. And they're in like um, a, it looks like they're in one of those like a uh, old studio sort of like sets right that they'd have in hollywood or something with all the different sets. yep and that's that was where that was taken yeah uh it's storm thorgerson who who is also i i said he was a producer accidentally earlier but he was the album artist and so yeah they just told him they're like hey we just feel like an absence and that was really what they brought to this album they all felt like they weren't motivated and people were picking up on that and that there was just an absence not just of sid barrett being absent but also of like the band itself being absent and just not motivated. Yeah. Um, and you, this really picks up with uh, animals. You have like uh, everybody's getting married and everybody's sidetracked. And that's when Roger Waters really just kind of grabs Tooks the over. I, yeah. Yeah. And he just takes over. I think he does in this actually as well, but I, I think that's why I like this a little more than like the wall. Cause I enjoy the wall. 
but this feels like it has more of the other band members input in it. I know Roger yes. Rogers is still kind of maybe the main guy, but, but the wall is like all waters, you know? Yes. And, and this feels like it, you have a little more influence from the other members, which is good. Yep. I agree. It's kind of like the, the happy medium before it all, <laughs> before it went more the other way. But I, I think from uh, the documentary, it seems like Nick Mason was kind of the one who, I think he was going through like a divorce during this album. Yeah. And so he's less uh, present, I, but I, yeah, it's a good mix. I that do wonder if that's of all of them yeah. makes it good. I do yeah. wonder if that's why they're like, there's no drums in welcome to the machine and there's little less drums on mm. wish you were here. Like there were parts of the songs where the drums that's are just not point. there that much. I'm wondering if like part of it was, well, He's just not in a place to do this, so let's just go without drums, you know? Yeah, let's just get some uh, machine sound effects. And we'll Although I think it works well in Welcome to the Machine, so that might not have been a oh, consideration, yeah. but you never know. It's like sometimes that happens, you'll think, oh, maybe <laughs> just have to like... Well, I do know, like, even, you know, the reason Shine On You, Crazy Diamond has that guitar lick is because David Gilmore is just messing around, Yeah. and Roger Waters listens, like, wait a minute, play that again, and then they, like, make a whole song off of yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, and the same goes for Wish You Were Here. Uh, David Gilmore was just strumming along, and Roger Waters listened. And so you really get this um, uh, this meeting of these two great musicians and they balance each other out. I, David Gilmore kind of, he kind of uh, uh, takes the rough edges of, of Waters and really sands them yeah. down and makes it more palatable, I think. Yeah. And I think it's interesting what you're saying about um, them like having a hard time writing it because of Sid Barrett and also because of all the stuff they're dealing with, you know, with their, their record industry and whatever. And it seems like what they did was they're like, well, these things are what's kind of making it hard for us to write. Then let's just write about those. Yep. You know what I mean? So like, and we're, that's, we're, that's wish you were here yeah. is that song. They're like, yes. we're dealing with this Sid Barrett stuff and stuff. It's like, let's just write about it. Right. Like maybe that will help, you know, give us some inspiration. So. Yeah, and also how they felt burned by the yeah. record industry after Dark Side of the Moon. Dark Side of the Moon. Yeah, for sure. This does feel like a very personal album, and I think that's that's an, one of the reasons why it's my favorite Pink Floyd album. It's like, yeah, it's not it's yeah. not the wall is maybe a little more on the grandiose kind of concept side, but yeah, yeah, we can we can probably talk about that some other time. <laughs> I'm <laughs> I'm sure it's we will. A very at some complex point. album. We will definitely you know, like, do another Pink Floyd at some point because oh, you know yeah, it's an important yeah, yeah. band, but. We'll cover uh, Piper, The Gates of Dawn, their <laughs> first through. album. Yeah. Actually, an early Pink Floyd album would be interesting because they're very different, super psychedelic. Well, have you, have you, uh, so I actually used to listen to that in high school. Oh, like, yeah. A lot. I've listened to them. Like, it's so, been, it's been like, a while since much. I've listened to those, but. Yeah. Well, the gnome, great class. Anyway, so we have, I mean, the last one we can talk about here is Wish You Were Here. Uh, this is definitely one of the most popular uh, Pink Floyd oh, songs. Yeah. Most of my students know it. When we have this thing called Arts Fest at, at the school, and like, if they're not covering an Arctic Monkeys song, uh, they're usually covering uh, Wish You Were Here because it's easy to learn on the guitar. One actually. of the first songs that people course. learn on the guitar. Yeah. And, but gosh, just talk about lyrics again, man. These, ah, these lyrics actually, oh man, between this and Shiny Crazy Diamond, I'm not sure which lyrics are best. They're all so good on this album. I'm going to listen to this album after this and read the lyrics at the same time because I actually haven't done that. Like, I know a lot of the lyrics, but. It, oh, it's just like the, the, can you, can, like, uh, can you tell a green the field. whole thing, man? Uh, a smile from a veil. Yeah. The, the, the walk on part in the war for the lead role in the cage. That also speaks to that whole idea of, you know, uh, Roger Waters said himself, he said he wants to be the walk on part in the war. He doesn't want to be the lead role in the mm. cage. He doesn't want to be, you know, just pumping out commercial hit after yeah. commercial hit, which they could totally do, but they want, 
to take the the higher road and be the walk-on yeah. part in the war um yeah this song i it really um definitely one of the most emotional like more emotional songs i listen to i get i get a little Maybe yeah, I think in the the, <laughs> the simplicity in the music here really helps that, especially helps these lyrics pop out. Right? Is um, there any? Is there any weird? Like, uh, it is a very straightforward song, but is there anything? Well, the the acoustic guitar at the beginning was recorded in his car. I want to say, like, on a car from a car stereo or something. Like, that's why it's so lo-fi. Like the original sort of strumming guitar. I looked it up. I, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it's something like that. Um, so that's kind of cool. And then there's that kind of acoustic solo at the beginning, which is actually really fun to play. Um, some cool little acoustic licks in there. The chords are, yeah. you know, the chords are all just kind of like really in G major, except for that one spot I talked about earlier that goes to like Dorian a little bit. Throws in one chord from outside the key. So it's nothing nothing too crazy. It's it's really straightforward. It's got all your basic open guitar chords. If you've, you know, if you've never played guitar before, this is a good one to start with. C, oh, G, totally. D. I can even play this song. On a guitar. minor. <laughs> a7 it's like it's like uh it covers almost all of your basic chords that i would teach a beginner in the first couple lessons sort of a thing right um but uh, it's great it does say there's a jazz violinist who contributed to the so song there i yeah the 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 violins happen in a few spots but they ended up not liking them pink floyd mm -hmm. so they turn them so far down in the mix they're actually in the mix but they're so far down you can't even hear them i know actually i right now i'm like wait there's violins in this song. yeah exactly <laughs> I, I i was looking up kind of some of the production of this and that was one of the things they said is like they brought in this jazz violinist to play and they ended up not liking it on the end of the song because so they paid him and put it so far in the down in the mix you can't hear it so huh i wonder if there's uh, there's it'd uh, be cool if there was a recording out there that existed that had it in there but yeah that would be cool um well, that's the thing. The, the documentary that I watched on this album, they have the the original producer like goes back into the studio and he's like mex messing with the mixes. Mm. I was like, gosh, that'd be so cool to, get to like just a, sit in front of the mix of this remix. album and just, yeah, do a remix. You know, we didn't talk about that, but Yes has their remix album. Have you listened to that? <laughs> no, I haven't they, actually. They're classic songs and they remix the whole, all of them into these ridiculous. Um, oh, you're talking like they actually like change up the songs. Yeah, I was thinking like of made by yes. Oh, okay. Like they'll take, oh. they'll take, you well, there's know, two different uh, words, ways you can think about it. And it's yeah. remix like hip hop. It's really, <laughs> there's crazy. two ways you can think about remixing. The other way is like a mixing engineer literally just remixes the same song. Right. Like remastered and, and remix remastered. And, and yeah. actually I'm, I'm talking about a literal, oh, like an actual, like that. Yes. Okay. Was like, yes, we do want our old songs <laughs> remixed in hip hop. Yeah, did you find a way to like uh, slam on eighties? Yes. Again, we're not even talking I, about yes. It's not even eighties yet. Well, it was like, it was like early two thousands. Oh, yes. oh, okay. Went back and ruined their previous like seventies. <laughs> good song. <laughs> Joe just, Joe's going to find a way to just slam on, on the eighties. Yes. In every podcast somehow. <laughs> I would, I would love to keep that as just a theme. On the we're just going to slam on eighties. Everything. <laughs> Anytime we talk, eighties, you know, the eighties get a lot of they get trashed on sometimes, but man, there's a lot of good music coming out of the eighties, honestly. But uh, of a lot of different. I'm thinking, strikes. I'm thinking the next. Uh, I'm not going to spoil where we're going to album we're going to talk about next, but I think we're going to slam on the eighties in that one too. Yeah, my wife's back there. Yeah, Hi, Kate. Uh, well, there's not too we much else talk to talk about. about what, we, yeah, I think we, I think we got it. This is an amazing album. Uh, it's really sad what happened to Sid Barrett. It's sad for anybody who goes through something like that yeah. where they they kind of lose their mind. And I, I can't imagine the terrible things that they have to deal with. And it's really sad. 
Um, but this album is, it's just, like I said, pound for pound, just one of my favorite Pink Floyd albums. This is okay. one of my go-to albums when we're on road trips with the family. I don't know why. Caitlin loves Pink Floyd too, so uh we'll just who, who wouldn't like this album i mean i don't know so like if i'm just like going like on a nice a sunset or something. especially if you're driving through like a big if you're driving through eastern washington or something where it's open you can't there's nothing for miles it's a great album just to turn on and it's just uh yeah yeah it's it's great it's fantastic i could listen to this i could probably listen to this every day and be fine for at least for a while <laughs> yeah, seriously it just kind of puts um, you in a mood it's good yeah. So next, uh, the next episode, we're going to be talking about Rush, which I'm also really excited mm, oh, about. Yeah. I'm excited that we're getting into this period yes, of time Rush. for Frog Rock. Uh, and we're going to be talking about Hemispheres, yes. which is their, the, the, the most proggiest of all their proggy. The most extreme albums. Rush. <laughs> no, no. Um, it really is, though. It like, is, yeah. Like the most experimental. Albums. I uh, actually, for any of you who are following this, I'm sure you follow my channel too, but I did some analysis on rush a few months back back in january uh about odd time signatures in rush and i'd covered i think I actually covered two songs from hemispheres yep i did <laughs> in there at least parts of two songs of that so if you want to check out some of the rhythms you can, you can go look at that but i'm obviously a big rush fan and gerald is too so it's gonna be fun to talk about Rush. yes 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 it is gonna be fun Good yes 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 Getty king crimson Lee. genesis <laughs> Yep. Good. A good mix. <laughs> right. So, cool. uh, where can people find you at Morgan? They can find you on your YouTube channel on the Prog, Prog, school. Prog school. Yeah. The Prog school YouTube channel, which is, I'll have the video from this is from these podcasts are up on there too. Yeah. Uh, and but if you're listening to podcasts, you can find it on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You can find it. Uh, uh, you can look at our ugly mugs on, on YouTube if you want. Yeah. Um, and you can find me on Facebook and Instagram. I think on Instagram is still just Morgan Wick music, but on, on Facebook, it's the prog school, but most of the stuff I'm doing is all geared towards YouTube. So if you want to really get like the full, uh, th the full experience of what I'm doing, check me out there. Also and all the music, can... all the music that I'm writing and releasing for the prog school, I'm doing one song a month. Those are all on all your major streaming services. So if you have Spotify or Apple music, you can find all that too. Yep, and you can find me at Moscow High School. I teach about 130 <laughs> students a year. Wait, you're in uh, Russia? You can try to enroll and get in there. Moscow, Russia, yes. Moscow, no, Moscow, Russia. Moscow, Idaho. Moscow, Idaho. Mos yeah. Moscow, Mos Idaho not not Moscow. Moscow, Russia. Moscow, Idaho. Yes. Yeah. Cool. All right. But, well, anyway, thank you for listening. It has been great having yeah. you here with us, uh, and uh, I hope you have a great day. You as well. Uh, this is us signing out. Yeah. Stay <laughs> proggy. <Okay. laughs>